Reasons for Separate Organization by James Henley Thornwell. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The committee to whom was referred the subject of the relations of this synod to the General Assembly of the Presbyterian Church in the United States of America beg leave to report that these relations have in fact been already dissolved by the presbyteries which compose this body. They have solemnly and formally renounced its jurisdiction. It has become a foreign church to them, and they are foreign courts to it. They have gone further and have taken steps to constitute a new general assembly with the view of giving to the Presbyterian Church in the Confederate States as complete an organization as it had in the United States of America. Their design is that the churches of the two countries shall be as independent of each other as their governments, and that each without let or hindrance from the other shall undertake to execute all the functions which the Saviour has committed to his body all that remains for this synod to do is to ratify as a whole what has already been done by its constituent parts there are two reasons which justify the presbyteries of the confederate states in forming a new and independent assembly the first is that the old assembly has transcended its jurisdiction by authoritatively settling a political question footnote reference is had here to the adoption of what are known as the spring resolutions in which the assembly declared the obligation of the church to support the federal government at washington and professed the church's loyalty to the constitution of the united states editors in footnote it has undertaken as a court of jesus christ acting in his name and under his commission to determine the lawful government of these confederate states it has not only directed us to render unto Caesar the things which are Caesar's, but it has assumed the right to adjudicate betwixt the claims of rival Caesar's and to say which is entitled to allegiance. This synod is clear that the provinces of church and state are entirely distinct, and that the church as much transcends its sphere in pronouncing upon questions political as the state transcends its sphere in dealing with matters ecclesiastical. The church, it is true, is to declare and enforce revealed truth, and among other duties she is to enjoin obedience to the powers that be but when the question arises who and what those powers are and how far obedience must be carried the church must remit the answer to the civil tribunals of the land and to the dictates of the individual conscience she has no commission from her lord to declare what form of government any people shall adopt how long they shall continue to maintain it or under what circumstances they shall change it her members as citizens may and should take an active part in all discussions of the kind but her courts as authoritative tribunals of christ must be as silent as their master general principles she may and must announce the eternal principles of the moral law but their concrete application to political constitutions and political changes does not fall within the limits of her power still though the old assembly has transcended its jurisdiction we do not hold that this in itself considered is an adequate ground for separation under other circumstances the act might be quietly annulled or deliberately disobeyed without disturbing our organic relations to the body but the present case is one of peculiar aggravation the act is not only unconstitutional but it puts the parties in a relation to each other which renders it hopelessly impossible that they can cooperate as members of the same communion with any prospect of success it has transferred to the church all the bitterness of the political feud an assembly composed of members one half of whom believe that the other half ought to be hanged denouncing each other on the one hand as rebels and traitors and on the other as tyrants and oppressors would be anything but an edifying spectacle 
nothing but strife and confusion could be expected to result from so unnatural an union to talk of promoting the glory of god and of building up the kingdom of the redeemer under such circumstances would be simply absurd in order therefore to save the church from scandal to promote its harmony and peace and to secure cordial cooperation in carrying out its evangelical schemes it seems to this synod to be absolutely necessary that the north and the south should separate as distinct organizations their rivalry in holy zeal may give a new impetus to the labors of both as one body their national animosities would drive the spirit from their halls but apart from this consideration we hold that it is wise and proper that church organizations should be determined by national lines there is a wide difference betwixt schism and separation schism always implies a breach of charity it breaks the bond not of external but of internal union and is generally grounded in error of doctrine irregularity of government or rebellion against lawful discipline churches however may be distinct and separate and yet perfectly at one in every principle of faith and order the advantages are so obvious of having a complete and independent church in every christian nation that the plan has been universally adopted in the states of christendom on this plan the church can act with more concert and with more freedom it is less likely to excite the jealousy and suspicion of the state it can be more homogeneous more compact and consequently more energetic it is a providential arrangement by which the church catholic realizes the benefits of a division of labor in our own case there is a special reason why we should have the supreme control of our ecclesiastical matters in our own hands we have a field which none can enter much less cultivate but ourselves on these grounds we think that it would have been our duty independently of any divisive measures of the old assembly to set up for ourselves and this synod would have been prepared in perfect charity with the brethren of the north to have taken steps upon the permanent establishment of the confederate government to institute a separate and independent assembly in the confederate states for these reasons the synod cordially approves of the course of its presbyteries in declaring themselves independent of the old assembly the synod further approves of the measures they have adopted for the organization of a new assembly on the fourth day of december next at augusta as that will be a most important meeting destined to shape very largely the future history of the church in these confederate states the synod thinks it due to the interests involved to declare some of the principles which should enter into the new organization one in the first place some safe provision should be made for changes in the constitution of the church the extremes of party innovation and of no innovation at all should be equally guarded against a protestant church with an unchangeable creed is an anomaly its very name is a confession of its liability to error and that no provision should be made for correcting its errors seems not a little extravagant in the old assembly it was always a disputed point whether we could modify in the slightest degree our doctrinal standards and the plan of adding new constitutional rules was awkward and inefficient we say this not because we desire to make any changes in our creed the westminster confession and catechisms we cordially receive as the mind of the spirit we believe them to be faithful expositions of the word of god the great system which they teach never can be altered by those who love the truth but there are incidental statements not affecting the plan of salvation and the doctrines of grace about which our children may not be as well satisfied as ourselves our form of government has some obscurities which ought to be removed and might possibly be improved by a few additions our book of discipline and our directory for worship evidently need revision at least they ought not to be made like the laws of the medes and persians what we insist on is that our standards should not be rendered absolutely unalterable and that the method of alteration should be simple and intelligible many may think that the present constitution provides for the case 
others think differently, we would have the matter put beyond dispute. In readopting the Constitution as a General Assembly, it might be well to pass an act to be submitted to the presbyteries, and confirmed or rejected by them, that hereafter no changes should be made in the confession of faith and catechisms, without being proposed by three-fourths of one assembly, and ratified by three-fourths of two succeeding assemblies, and that no changes should be made in our form of government and other books, without being proposed by three-fourths of one assembly, and ratified by three-fourths of the next something of this kind would be equally a check upon rash innovation and absolute immutability two in the next place this synod respectfully suggests that in constituting its permanent schemes for prosecuting the proper work of the church the new assembly should aim at the two ends of simplicity of structure and directness of responsibility whether the new organizations are to be called boards or committees we care nothing about a name let them be composed only of those who are expected to do the work in such a number as will be most likely to secure efficiency and let them be immediately appointed by the assembly and immediately responsible to it we would have no complementary distinctions and no breakwater betwixt the assembly and its own servants let the assembly itself occupy the place of the old boards and the executive committees be its creatures three in the third place in adjusting the scheme of domestic missions this synod is persuaded that the functions of the new committee should be restricted to the dispensing of aid to feeble presbyteries and to the planting and training of churches in frontier and destitute settlements within its own limits each presbytery is bound to cultivate the field when a presbytery is weak it has a right to claim assistance from its richer brethren and the committee of missions should be the organ of correspondence between them all should combine their energies to extend the borders of the church and the committee should be an agent to execute their pious purpose nothing should be done to lessen in the presbyteries their sense of presbyterial responsibility they should be made to feel that it is their duty to go up and occupy their own territory for in the fourth place if the assembly should establish any committee of education of the expedience of which we are not satisfied we are clear that its office should be exclusively confined to the aiding of indigent candidates for the gospel ministry it should have no power to determine their places of education nor the extent and period of their studies whatever views the southern church may entertain as to the relations of the church to the general subject of education and whatever arrangements may be made for fulfilling its wishes in this respect we sincerely hope that the committee in question may not be charged with this wide department of benevolence as the appointment of a committee or board of publication is not likely in the present circumstances of the country to be attempted it is not necessary to say anything in relation to the expediency of the measure whatever schemes the assembly may adopt we hope that they will be widely scattered and that no two of them will be established in the same city or in the same state these hints and they are only hints the synod feels that it becomes it to make we are deeply interested in the prosperity and success of the confederate church if our suggestions are worthy of consideration we are sure that they will receive it if not we shall not complain of their rejection by our brethren we earnestly pray that god's spirit may preside at the new organization that he may order everything according to his own holy will and that he may dwell forever in the new church which is hereafter to take its place among the churches of our common lord in the other nations of the earth the synod it may be added cordially approves of the arrangements proposed by the atlanta convention for facilitating the organization of the assembly and hereby expresses the hope that doctors gray and waddle will consent to act as a committee of commissions and that dr palmer will preach the opening sermon 
it may be well also to say that in our judgment the temporary scheme adopted by the brethren at columbia for keeping alive the interest of the southern church in foreign missions was wise and timely and we hail it as an auspicious providence that dr wilson was sent to his native soil at so critical a juncture this synod indeed cannot but regard it as a significant circumstance that the southern church before she was yet ready to become independent or had taken any steps to complete her organization had a large number of missionary stations thrown upon her care and a channel prepared through which her liberality could be conveyed to them it was a providential intimation that her future career should be distinguished by pre-eminent zeal fidelity and energy in this department of labor the cloudy pillar has gone before her at her very birth she has been baptized with the spirit of missions finally in approving of the measures which have dissolved the connection of this synod with the general assembly of the presbyterian church in the united states of america and made it a party to a new organization we are not to be understood as renouncing the old constitution on the contrary we will still cordially adopt it and firmly adhere to it as the constitution of the presbyterian church in the confederate states of america End of Reasons for Separate Organization by James Henley Thornwell